This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Back at 7 a.m. on a Friday, it's bonus episode time. <laughs> woo woo! <laughs> uh, this is this is kind of crossover content. It's the kind of thing we might do on the Patreon, but we had an occasion to to do an extra episode. We've already done a couple Patreon episodes. Give something a little extra to the regular people listening. And so today, I'm doing top ten anticipated book adaptations of 2023 that I know about. Do you hear all those caveats Great. in there? <laughs> I that I know about. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I do hear that. And this is, I feel, crossover content directly to my wheelhouse since I spent so much of last year focusing on TV, especially instead of books. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick 10. These are in no order. And I'm just going to kind of give Rebecca a little, a little brief while I'm interested in it, maybe a little background detail. Have Rebecca kind of uh, react and see if she finds it interesting. Then I've got some also rands that you know, kind of didn't okay. make the top 10, but I've got my eye on that might be interesting for various reasons. A couple of top notes. Um, hey, did you know there's a lot of TV and movies? <laughs> I did. I did. Have you heard about TV? I've you heard. I think we, we might be hitting or having already crested peak streaming. So I do know. There is a lot of TV. I there's think a, we may have one. Okay, so ha- House of Dragon and Rings of Power last year at the same time was really a lot of mm-hmm. dollar per minute of TV that we Truly. experienced there. Yeah, I think, think there's are... maybe one more big one that hasn't yet been unleashed on the TV um, that was greenlit in the before times. <laughs> we're gonna see. So yeah, I think is like. unlikely we'll see a convergence akin to those two things coming out basically at the same time again at least for quite a while where I think we're going to see some contraction in TV I probably know about some of the ones you're going to pitch just because of the attention that I pay to the TV place and also that intersection with books but I'm really excited about what else is going to come up and I was telling you before we started recording I refrained from doing any googling of like most anticipated right. book adaptations of the year so I'm trying to come in as fresh as possible and keep it as combobulated as we can on this Friday well we don't well. we used to on the show talk about major adaptations getting yeah, you then, know announced and we still do that from too time many. to time but the threshold of interest is really it's really yes. high and I'm going to talk about something we talked about and I'll be curious really to hear how, what your um, kind of awareness was. I mean, the books you're going to know, or, or actually some okay. of them you, you might not because they're kind of strange. But a lot of these you're going to at least know the book. Now, did you know the adaptation? Did you forgotten about it? Are you totally shocked um, is something uh, to, to look at there. One other note I should say, we were in, it's always it's front of mind for us has been for a long time, and especially coming off the show we recorded yesterday, which you actually won't hear till Monday, whatever, recording is weird. Mm-hmm. You think diversity is a problem? Well, I don't know. Diversity is a real problem here. It's a real yes. problem. Um, and I, I I looked really, you know, I did that thing we try to do is go the extra mile of, of looking around and seeing, and maybe there's a couple things that I missed. I hope there are. At podcastatbookriot.com, um, I'd love to know that I overlooked something or you know about something. or uh, Not not great. Um, so just having said that, um, yeah, that's a reality of what we're dealing with here. One of the things that I've noticed 
while you know paying a lot of attention to TV, is the casting has gotten much more diverse Very and true. in yeah, Very and in adaptations. Producers and directors, I think, have really started to feel comfortable straying from the assumed race of characters in books when the assumed race is white, but is inconsequential to the characters. Mm -hmm. Like there are many stories in which race does matter and you need a white character to be white and a black character to be black. But in stories where it's just like a group of people living in a city and they happen to be white in the book, but you can cast diversely for the show. I'm seeing that happen a lot. And that's wonderful. But the pipeline is the pipeline and the, the vast majority the of big budget books that get the kind of marketing and attention and representation that lead to having TV and movie deals are still by white people. And so when we're talking about trying to have diversity of like the source of these adaptations, like we ideally would be able to have like half of the things on a list be becoming from books that were written by people of color and that's really yeah. challenging or or that were written by women and that's a little bit easier than it used to be um so th- like the shades in there and the nuance i think are interesting but especially when we're talking about like when we're talking about like adaptation nation and we want to make sure that mm-hmm. on those episodes we have enough of them be based on books by and about people of color by and about women by and about lgbtq characters that that is still really challenging much more than it should be yeah, and you know, one one that's not even on my long list cuz really the musical is the thing people know is Wicked, which is based on the Gregory Maguire mm. novel. That's coming out in December, I believe. Oh, I didn't know and, about that. And uh, okay. Cynthia Revo is playing Elphaba, so she's going to have green skin. But, you know, in the in the 1939 Wizard of Oz books, those are all white people, and it doesn't matter. And that's yeah. I mean, why not? If you can get Cynthia Revo, get Cynthia no Revo uh, for 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 a piece like that and that should be a big interesting movie um coming out but i didn't include it here but that's the kind of we're seeing this all over and it's not it's not it's not something where i don't know how you count you know we try to pay attention is the if the director is a person of color or otherwise marginalized that that matters but just in looking at the underlying source material we're still not there in a way we really like to be Mm -hmm. and a lot of these books i'm going to talk about here there are equivalent books that could be picked from other voices that just aren't mm-hmm. for waves hands at the <laughs> world uh, emoji structural bolded, and systemic something. reasons yeah very <laughs> tough stuff so all right let's do our first sponsor break and we'll get into to my picks today's episode is brought to you by scribner Weird Black Girls by Elwyn Cotman is a collection of seven stories in which characters pursue their obsessions on paths to glory and destruction, while all around them their worlds twist and warp, oscillating between reality and impossibility. On display throughout is Cotman's ability to reveal truths about the human experience, about things like friendship, love, betrayal, bitterness, all through whimsy, horror, and fantasy. Elegiac in tone, imaginative, and humorous in their execution, the character-driven stories in Weird Black Girls challenge, incite, and entertain. The author's last book was named one of NPR's best books of the year and was a finalist for the Philip K. Dick Award, with reviews appearing in the New York Times, Wired, BuzzFeed, and Locus, among other publications. Definitely make sure to check out Weird Black Girls by Elwyn Cotman. And thanks again to Scribner for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo. 
This is one I'm actually super excited about. I liked Lee Bardugo's other adult fantasy books. And so I'm really looking forward to this one. It's set in the Spanish Golden Age during a time of high stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth. It follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished Spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles. Her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over Madrid's most powerful players. But what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn. Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillén Santangel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at LeeBardugoTheFamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo for sponsoring this episode. I'm going to take it off the table. You're going to hear us talk about it again with, with you know, I guess, Internet Muppet Arms um, on Monday is the adaptation coming out April 23rd of um, Judy Bloon's beloved middle grade tween. Is this young adult? I guess I don't know. It, it's sort of I think that's, it's the, that's the problem with this age. <laughs> it's, you're, bet- <laughs> yeah. you're between. I would call it older middle grade young YA like it's I think a groundbreaking kind of read for Mm -hmm. kids who have not gone through puberty or who are at the early edge of that and reading about somebody going through it is helpful for imagining what your own experience might be like or for grounding your experience with your peers in you know a fictional character's experience once you've kind of been through it like i think if you've crossed like the 14 15 year old threshold you're probably too old to need or really benefit from are you there god it's me margaret like it hits mm-hmm. the hardest i think probably in that like 10 to 13 age range yeah so uh, for a lot of reasons you're both and at this age yes um mm-hmm. and that's a lot of what this is about so it's starring a newcomer uh, is going to play the the titular margaret um uh, let's see her name i've got this i had this all here and then it went away oh because you know what let me talk about the director first because i thought this was okay. interesting uh her name is kelly fremen craig this is her directorial debut but she wrote the very good um, the Edge of Seventeen, starring uh, oh. uh, Haley Stanfield, that came out a few years ago, which I thought was a really good, one of the better YA kind of coming of age high school stories I've seen in a long, long time. Yes, um, Craig was also a, uh, an English major at UC Irvine, which you love to see in a bio if you're Very doing a promising. show like this. <laughs> so probably this book meant a lot to her personally. I, I wouldn't be surprised I would to see mm-hmm. um, at all. So that's coming out soon. Rachel McAdams plays Margaret Mom. Uh, Kathy Bates. Really looking like and she's having <laughs> a good time at Rachel McAdams' mom in the trailer. <laughs> um, I think at this point, given the source material, what we've seen, a little bit of the pedigree, hard to have a higher confidence index rating right now um, yes. than you can have for Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Yeah, very uh, excited about that one. Moving on down. These are in no particular order. These are just kind okay. of the, the order I found them and put them in my spreadsheet. And top 10, but doing. unranked. Got it. Yeah, top 10, but unranked. Um, <clears throat> I don't know the musical version of this. And there's already been adaptation of the color purple, mm. but the the musical version is coming at the end of this year. Taraji B Henson, Holly Bailey, Elizabeth Marvel starring, wow. um, based on the really well regarded musical that was on Broadway for a long time. I think it may have won the the Tony for best um, for best musical, but I think. This is going to be really interesting. I don't have, mm-hmm. um, I haven't seen any of the other movies of the director. Um, his name is Blitz 
Bazawule, which is a hmm. flipping awesome name, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Truly. Um, so he did he did co-direct a Beyonce music video. So that okay. gives you some. Um, sense yeah, that's of, a you know, it's a different good kind of, a different kind of bona fide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really interested soon. Mm-hmm. in hearing that. I've seen you know I read the Color Purple in school. I've seen the Oprah straight film adaptation. Um, it was always hard for me to imagine a story with that much darkness to it um, as a musical, and yeah. so I never. I never sought the musical out, but this cast is very compelling. I will probably give this one a try. That w- that will be really interesting. Looking down the cast list, we get some. Um, we get uh, Louis Gossett Jr. as Old Mister, <laughs> which is going to be a wild Excellent. thing to see uh, uh-huh. coming down. We get John Batista in, in kind of a minor mm. role down the line, and then uh, I think a lot of the people. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of people we've seen. David Allen Greer as Rev Every. Okay. I think some of the people coming from the musical are also in this as well. This is going to be big, flashy, go see it on a big screen with good sound, award seasons, fodder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of the, you know, one, one of the notable books of the late 20th century. Um, Shreef and I did the uh, adaptation Nation on the color purple oh, with right. the, um, mm-hmm. the Steven Spielberg adaptation, which is a weird thing to say in hindsight. And we talk about that a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but you know, that's, that was, um, Whoopi Goldberg's really coming out and Oprah was starring and, um, still, still an important book. Um, Walker mm-hmm. has, has her own complications still. Um, but I think this gives, gives another, another spin on an important story in one of the signal works. Uh, yes. Of, of American fiction over the last 50 years. Um, let's see. This is, this is um, the romantic comedy in okay. theaters has had a tough go. Um, so Ticket to Paradise did okay at the, at mm-hmm. the box office, the Clooney-Julia Roberts joint. Um, earlier in the season, um, what was the Sandra Bullock... Uh, Channing Tatum one called the Lost City. Was that oh what was that thing no, called? I don't. Was it the Lost City? But it, the I'm one the like sort of meta rom com where they're in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, it's like romancing yeah. the stone satire kind of situation. That yes. did pretty well. Uh-huh. On the other hand, Billy Eichner's Bros really bombed, which which and, was too bad. It was good. which is too bad. It's too bad, and I don't know because you know some like Babylon's bombed. A lot of things have bombed. The, the right, box yeah. office the, is in I a very strange place. St- box office exclusive releases are a tough hang right now, unless you're like Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah, it's either you make no it's money or you make the most money ever. It yeah. seems you get either Top Gun or Avatar: Way of Water. So I don't know what the fortunes of Red, White, and Royal Blue, the adaptation of mm. the Casey McQuiston novel, are going to be. This is an extremely popular book. Yes, um, I didn't know there was an adaptation author. of this. Yeah, it's coming out. I should say, too, it's not always clear. I'm just going off IMDb for all of these things. Um, okay. What service they're going to come out on. I don't know if it's going to be a streamer. I, I, you know, I'll tell you if it's a series or a show, or, or excuse me, a movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but where this is going to be and when, I don't really know. I would guess kind of like, um, I think for this kind of, of movie... I would take it to a streamer. People will watch this yes. if they can watch it at home. I don't know they're going to go see the theater for it. It reminds me of Happiest Season. Remember that when that was mm-hmm. the big movie? Yeah, that of, was great on Hulu. Holiday mm-hmm. 2021. There's just a new rom-com announced for Netflix with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon called Your yep. Place or Mine that Michelle immediately said, we're watching that. I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. Um, and this, I think, I think this could be really great in that, in that space. 
I'd be worried if ex- if expected to make we need to make fifty million dollars at the box office mm-hmm. to break even. I agree. Red, white, and world blue. Um, on this, I don't know. These are people I don't know. Uma Thurman, I think, is playing the. Um, so this is a rom com set in the world of politics and royal family, and you know it's dishy and fun. Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. I think, is going to be. If, it's not credited as what role here. The only one that makes sense is for her to play the the U.S. president. Yes. And in the book, she is um, from Texas. And Michelle's first thought was, do I want to see Uma Thurman do a West Texas? And I was like, mm. well, I'd like to see Uma Thurman. Maybe they can just jettison that, or maybe she's got that in her. I've, I've never really seen her do something like that, but that will be something I'm, open I'm looking to forward it. to there. Um, we, we Have see, they cast you know, the Stephen two leads? Fry. Uh, yeah, I think their names I don't know. So, okay. you know, you can go check out the cast by itself. The director, Matthew Lopez, also um, worked on the screenplay. Uh, and I don't, he, he worked on the newsroom, which makes sense. He was a staff writer on the newsroom. So that political uh-huh. event is, is pretty yep. interesting okay. to see. Um, so I've, I've got high hopes for that being uh, at least enjoyable. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. The next one, I think we may have talked about why we were kind of looking at the book in our own particular way. Um, but Lessons in Chemistry is coming out. It's going to be on Apple TV Plus as a series um, based on uh, Bonnie Garmus's breakout. I mean, it was the, Mm -hmm. it was the best selling hardcover fiction of the week last week. Like people gave this for Christmas. We didn't talk about sales on the show, but like big deal. It it really has become a big deal. Um, I think it may have crawdad's legs just looking at it. And then this coming out (laughs) right now, um, which I'm, I would be thrilled by. This is the kind of book I'd love to, I mean, there's other books, mm-hmm. but it, this is the kind of book that feels like a crossover has where I'm just not being preposterously um, uh, utopian in my in my vision of what <laughs> about what be, gets adapted, uh, what yeah. gets adapted. Um, but the two main leads are Lewis Pullman. Speaking of Top Gun Maverick, who played Bob, yeah. call sign Bob, Bill Pullman's Great. son. Um, well, he's well, anyway, I don't want to spoil the show, but he's an important character. If you want to call yeah. him a lead, I think that's a different sort of question. And then Brie Larson is playing Elizabeth <gasps> Zott. Oh, that's Which very I, exciting. It's very interesting. I mean, it's a big star. I mean, she's a big star. Um, yeah, we'll that's see. super interesting. I'm, I mean, I'm here for Brie Larson. I will be so curious about how they adapt some of the zanier parts of the book to the screen. Yeah. Like, will there still be sections narrated by the dog? Um I trust Apple to handle the difficult content there well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's certainly directed... a lot of, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I there's just certainly a lot of space for exploring those kinds of stories and if you're if you're like just catching up some of the action or a, a good portion of the action in lessons in chemistry is informed by the main character's past experience with a sexual yeah. assault. Um It'll be interesting to see how they do that, but I trust Apple to do that. Sorry, you were saying something about the director. Oh, the director. You know, I don't. I don't follow this stuff super closely, but when you look um, at the credits, you can come, you can sometimes see what their bona fides might be or their direction. She directed a TV miniseries of Looking for Alaska, based on the John hmm. Green novel, mm-hmm. which I didn't see. I read that book no. a long time ago, and I heard that the the series was pretty good. She also was director of Hannah, which was sort of an action adventure. Okay. Um, adaptation TV center series, The Drop. She did a couple episodes of that. So I think it's in good hands here. Mm-hmm. Um, could it be a huge hit? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
I, I'm just not sure how I, I have a hard time imagining it as a story because I still am having a hard time imagining it as a book. I mean, it's, I like the book, but yeah, like what I the tone is going to be. We're going to get a lot of dogs talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's some great literal like set pieces in the book mm-hmm. we'll get to see brie larson like cook up zany things in her chemistry lab of a home kitchen and then also go be a t- like one of this early sort of early tv food stars yeah. um you know tv cooking shows that'll be fun i think that'll be fun to watch um it'll be fun to see her inhabit that but it'll i'll be just super curious about how they adapt the stuff that made the book really unique um, will yeah. that come to the screen or are we just kind of taking the story and going? And it might honestly be a case where taking the story and going is the way to go and let the zany stuff stay in the book. But I'm, I'm going to have a lot of questions and be excited yeah. to see how they do it's it. It's a wonderful part. Um, Zot gets mm-hmm. a lot of great lines, has a lot of yes. great stuff to do. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine this was a pretty sought after part. I, I don't really yeah. know, but um, it should be interesting to see. Okay. All right. Um, If I had to pick just one to watch today, I probably am picking Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Much delayed. Mm -hmm. Probably will come out this year. No guarantee. Is also on Apple TV+. Apparently, they just wrote him a giant check and said, go out into the (laughs) upper Midwestern plains and we'll see you in three years. And he's like, how about four years and I need more money? Like um, Bombach doing the white noise adaptation. Yeah, I mean, so this is based on David Grand's, I don't know if I'd call it blockbuster, but very, very popular mm-hmm. um, true story. I mean, nonfiction is what it do, does. So it's set in the 1920s, and members of the Osage tribe are murdered, and there's mysterious circumstances, and the FBI comes to town. Mm-hmm. Um to, to get involved and, and we're going to get I think probably an J. Ed, someone playing J. Edgar Hoover I'm not exactly sure you want to look at a c- cast Rebecca Shinsky <laughs> hit um, me I mean we got Leo I don't need to mm-hmm. say anything more De Niro yep Jesse Plemons oh, yes. John Lithgow Brendan Frazier mm-hmm. Jason mm-hmm. Isbell I mean it is Jason Isbell stocked. is interesting that is stocked and then is this Leo's then, first TV inter- situation? I think it is. Straight no, no, because he did uh, "Don't Look Up" the Adam McKay thing. Oh, that's about, right, uh, that's right. Change. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Um, this is pre- he does prestige streamer movies. Yeah. Um, the other thing, there's going to be a lot of native actors mm-hmm. in this um, names that I don't know. So I'm hoping this is a, a great breakout chance um, for a lot of them here. So I, it looks like no expense was spared. Um, this is kind of old time Hollywood period piece sets mm-hmm. and costumes and the whole shooting match, um, literally and figuratively. Literally, <laughs> yeah. um, if this is the kind of thing you're interested in and you haven't checked this out, I would go buy, listen to this soon. Uh, it's I think this is going to be a big deal. If, if I'm, I think so if too, I'm any sense of it at all? You going to watch yeah, this? That's going to be you exciting. Read the book? I did, um, yeah. but long enough ago that the details right. are hazy. This, I think, is also a solid center of the Shinsky household Venn diagram <laughs> oh, selection. Yeah. Bob will be into it. I don't think he's read it. So that'll be one that we can watch together. I don't know if I can draft him into some of these other ones. <laughs> right. Do you, is he going to sign up for eight <laughs> episodes of Lessons in Chemistry? Maybe. Maybe. Well, probably not. <laughs> um. This one, the next one here is the one I was alluding to earlier of like maybe a relic of the near past. Mm-hmm. Um, the adaptation of um, Zixin, 
us. Pardon me. Um, oh, gosh, what I'm trying to. I had my pronunciation here, and I just. I think it's Yixin Lu is the name of the mm-hmm. Chinese author, who wrote the book Three Body Problem that became a series, a three book series that is also referred to as the Three Body Problem. Though I think it has an official other name, just kind of like Game of Thrones is actually Song of mm-hmm. Ice and Fire, but everyone just calls it Game of Thrones. Um, it's a sprawling science fiction epic with a lot of intrigue. Um, I would call it Space of Thrones. And you know why? <laughs> because Weiss and Benioff are the showrunners for this. Great. Who also okay. famously were the showrunners for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost, it's one of these Amazon joints. I think it was this, sort of the same checkbook uh, that wrote for Rings of Power is writing for okay. this. We get a lot of um, we have a lot of Game of Thrones uh, Game of Thrones crossover though this is not they're not relying upon famous casting. There's a lot of um, unknown to me at okay. least Asian cast members because a lot of this is set in mm-hmm. China and Asian countries. There's a few um, Westerners that we might familiar, but for me it's like Isa Gonzalez is not someone I know. She's been in a couple of things. The, the ones I know are Benedict Wong who plays Marvel um, mm-hmm. Wong and the Marvel. Stories, Liam Cunningham, who played um, Sir Davos, the Onion Knight in Game of Thrones, and then John Bradley, also from Game of Thrones, who played um, Sam Tarly. And that's, you know, those are like supporting characters in major franchises, getting a chance mm-hmm. to shine. Love All to the money that. will be spent on CGI and, and yeah. effects. I mean, that's where the money is going here. Coming out sometime in 2023, I would guess fall. Uh, but this is either going to be in a lot of ways, this is a bigger swing than Rings and Power because this is going to take all the money of Rings and Power and it has, to a, to a first approximation, 0% of the cachet in the U.S. of Rings <laughs> uh-huh. and Power. Well, it's Amazon, so it's global. So it doesn't have to have U.S. cachet, which is interesting. No, it um, doesn't have to. But but in terms of our, I think it needs to have mm-hmm. cachet everywhere to work at this Probably. level, doesn't it? Yeah. Or maybe no. not. Maybe. I th- will this be released in China? I mean, there's some. Oh, Lou's had question. some of his own experiences with his work being. It's not easy. It, it's not a guarantee you can have your stuff released in China, right? There, that's, yeah. that's I'll top be guns not there. Really interested. Just like, I think more interested in the mechanics around the show and yeah. in how successfully or not they're able to bring the, that very complex world to life. Since I'm not a person who can read like big super complicated world building sci-fi with much ease i have not read like i just know this is not an endeavor i want to take on in a book um but i might be open to like checking out what's happening on screen i'll be really curious to hear you know the conversation about it as it comes out and i suspect that this is one that's going to be watched in my household just by not me i should say that the first novel in the series is not that long it's you see the big chunky one that's the whole series mm, just for the record okay. the first novel is only 302 pages not that you have to um <laughs> not that you have to get into anything the the whole series that escaped me i just looked it up while you were talking the the actual series name is remembrance of earth's past uh so that's a nice um that's a nice, nice little Proustian. Proustian. yeah because you know what the you know what is a vox populi is um Proust. <laughs> right if nerds like us appreciate the reference (laughs) so i don't know i think this is a big swing that Um, is a big swing very difficult but uh i'm looking forward to seeing it um straight into the o'neill i think maybe a shared wheelhouse i would say okay it's a it's a movie called dumb money 
but <laughs> it is based on Ben Misrick's book, The Antisocial Network, about the GameStop meme stop craze. Oh, I'm ready. The book came out last year. Um, Paul Dano is the lead. Uh, yes. we, get a, we get a who's who here. We get Shailene Woodley, Clancy Brown, mm-hmm. Seth Rogen, Sebastian Stan, Nick oh. Offerman, Vincent D'Onofrio, Pete Davidson, Dan Good Hain, grief. America Ferreira, Anthony Ramos. Like, it is a who's. <laughs> I don't even remember that many people being in the book, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I didn't read the book, but I followed that whole thing, and I will be excited to see it on screen. <laughs> You, you can you get Bob to, cou- to to co-couch with you on this, right? He, he, oh, he yeah. Oh, the money story. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll be interested in that. I think even if it's, you know, if, even if it like doesn't line up with his take on it, that might even be more right. interesting <laughs> to co-couch yeah. on. But yeah, he'll be in for that for sure. The director of this, um, his name is Craig Gillespie, also directed I, Tanya, which was a really good movie. I mean, it's oh, kind of stunty, dishy. but yeah. it's turned out to be a really good movie. And also one of my indie faves in a, an early Gosling um, joint, mm-hmm. Lars and the Real Girl, which yes. is a deeply strange movie about it is, um, but wonderful. the main character falling in love with a blow-up doll. Um, so mm-hmm. there, there you go. Looking forward to that. That comes out. Let's see. I don't know what it's coming out on or when exactly, <laughs> such is the way of these kinds of things. But sometime It'll be out someday country. somewhere. But it's yeah. a movie. Is my understanding okay? At, at this point, looking that feels to that. like it's that should be a movie, yeah. Um, Oscar bait. What I'm, okay. I'm I'm looking forward to this, but I think we're Oscar baiting here. Um, I'm excited to see this. Leave the world behind. Mm, Based mm-hmm. on the novel by Ruman Alam, mm-hmm. directed by Sam Esmail, who did um, I Robot. I think he's most famous uh-huh. for I Robot at this point. You want to talk about a who's who, especially above the line. <laughs> We've got. Have you ever heard of uh, Julia Roberts? Uh huh. Uh huh. Toothy girl I remember. from Mystic Pizza. Um, yes, I remember when this casting announcement came out, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a big deal." <laughs> yeah, Ethan Hawke. Okay. Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Mahersha Ali. Yep. And I can just stop there. Yeah, big deal. Good, big, like, end-of-the-world vibes to this story. I read the book in one sitting and was like, holy crap, Ruman Alam is going in a different direction than we've seen him go in before. A really interesting one, and, like, the book reads in a very cinematic way um i remember yes. thinking oh this would be this would be a good movie or a good tv show that's just stellar and i think it's, you're right that's oscar you don't cast like that if you're not thinking about oscar bait <laughs> i mean this is this is the kind of cast you get when you can get anybody especially mm-hmm. there's a racial thing in this yes. julie roberts is your number one overall draft pick for that role i think and i think mahershali is your number one overall draft pick for that role if i if i've got my head screwed on about yeah what, how i think this so is go out Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm more excited to see anyone in a movie these days than Maharshali. I, I was thinking about this as I was looking at this, uh, these movies. I was like, oh, that's maybe the single most exciting. <laughs> I'm like, he just maybe Jonathan Majors, maybe because mm. Ant Man is coming out and um, mm-hmm. uh, the Creed, the Creed three trailer. Michelle texted me one day and just said, oh my, and uh, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's a real thing. I'm coming like fresh off of watching the new uh, Knives Out, and I think I'm having a moment. Mahershala Ali is up there for me, but Daniel Craig having fun mm. is a thing that I'm deeply into right now. Also, I, I could get excited about just about anything. In in delighted to see it get turned into a movie. Um, one of the books I've talked to, we 
probably have talked about this book as much on this show as any other and not have and not have read it. Rachel mm. Yoder's Night Bitch is being turned oh. into a, a movie. Okay. Um, starring Amy Adams, which is okay. very interesting that casting. Is. So this, I don't actually know what happens here. All I know is the slug line and one of the great covers I can remember in the last yes. couple of years um, <laughs> where a stay-at-home mom begins to worry that she may be turning into a dog. I think Amy Adams is interesting for this. She went to some yes. like good, dark, and twisty places with the um, Sharp Objects adaptation that Showtime did. Yeah, so the writer, director, or the adapter director, uh, Marielle Heller, uh, has also directed Diary of a Teenage Girl that came out okay. five or six years ago. Can You Ever Forgive Me, which is interesting, that was a Melissa McCarthy oh. vehicle that was about a literary fraudster, which was pretty good, actually. It okay. came out in 2018. And then the Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Mm. So definitely competent. Hasn't yeah. quite, th- this is unusual territory. Well, it's a little bit breaky. I mean, it's there's not mu- much like this. Yeah. And um, are they going to call it Night Bitch? I guess you it's could do that night, on streamers. It's, it's on the thing. Okay. Night Bitch. Yeah. It's right there. So that's going to be a streamer. That's not going to be like in, a th- in the theaters. They're not going to slap that on posters at the AMC down the street. No. Um, and then the last one, I, I've already run through nine. The last one on my list of top ten is probably my family pick, at least for my family, but it's it's not really a kid's movie. And it's been kicked around because apparently it was at 20th Century Fox or someplace. Oh, yeah, right. So it was a, at an animation studio um, that was, I think, acquired by Disney as part of the Fox deal called Blue Sky. But mm-hmm. it's an, adapta- an animated adaptation of um, Nate Stevenson's Nimona, which is one of the oh, great yes. standalone graphic novel emergence renaissance books. Oh, I'm so um, excited to hear this. Seen. Yeah. Um, it's uh, voiced by Chloe Grace Moretz and Riz Ahmed, the two main characters. Um, Chloe oh. Grace Moretz is Nimona and Riz Ahmed. Actually, you know what? I got to put Riz Ahmed up there. I'm so glad to yes, see the movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. So... Um, so the story here, it's it's a bit of a meta story. It's a fantasy story. Um, Nimona is this shapeshifter teenager that is drafted into, asked for help by a knight who is framed for a crime he didn't commit. Um, but then Nimona herself may be involved in that crime. And I don't want to say more about it, except that it's twisty. This is yeah, not a, this so is not fun. a simple story. Um, frankly, it's the kind of story I wish that Pixar would tell. I thought at one point, you know, they don't really do adaptations, but I'm kind of glad it's not because then they can do things that aren't Pixar, if that makes sense. I've only seen a couple of stills. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen a trailer, but it really looks great. Um, and then the, um, the directors, the director slash writer slash adapters, um, did Spies in Disguise, which is an animated movie that came out a couple years ago that my family really enjoyed. And then Epic, a couple years before that, worked in the animation department. So this is Nick Bruno and Troy Quay. So I feel like it's in good hands. Okay. Um, I'll be point. so excited so about that. It's really, I mean, it could be great. It could be really, really, really mm-hmm. great. And then the person who adapted it, his name is Mark Hames. Um, and he wrote... One of my favorite animated movies, I think of all time at this point, hmm. um, which is Kubo and the Two Strings, which is a Leica production that came out five years ago. That's this wonderful blend of CGI stop motion animation that's really stunning. 
Um, so that gives me, he, he wrote, it's an, it was an original story to my understanding. So that, I think the bona fides here are great. I could, given the material, I couldn't have higher confidence index that this will at least be good. Will it be transcendent? That's hard for any book. It's, it's hard for anything to be transcendent. That's true. At that. So those are my 10. Anything jump out okay. to Rebecca? I'm going to do some also ran, some what do you think about, well, or should have I included these? I think I'm most interested in seeing how Lessons in Chemistry shakes out. Yeah. And I will finally resolve my curiosity about what a musical of the color purple looks like. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Uh-huh. Killers of the Flower Moon, I think, is probably also the most anticipated of these 10. Yeah. Um, for our household. But then my I think my personal most anticipated literary adaptation of the year is not on your top 10. So I'm curious okay. if it's going to show up in your also rans. Um, so even more than Are You There, God is Me, Margaret. That's interesting. Well, are, are, we, are well, you talking about Daisy Jones and the Six? No, I'm talking about oh. Straight Man by Richard Russo starring Bob Odenkirk. <sighs> See, you have Breaking Bad things with Odenkirk. I do. I do not. I have I Bob like, Odenkirk like things. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I understand. <laughs> I, that didn't make my long list either. Yeah, that's um, fair enough. It's been a while. Uh, I'll, so I'll just put it out there. I had I looked at I looked hard at Daisy Jones at the, mm-hmm. in the six. I expected I really to like hear it book. today. Okay. I, I've got to say, in thinking about it, it's like, I, and and the, even the couple the, like the very short teaser that's out there, it's like I've seen Almost Famous, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe it's going to give me different vibes. <laughs> I've but been kind of thinking about famous. that. It's kind of the same yeah. thing. I mean, maybe I. There can be two, and it's not fair, and it's it's a woman right. that's the you know Stevie Nixie Steve Stevie Nicks ish versus I don't know who Jason Lee is actually supposed to be there. Certainly not um, Roger Daltrey or anything like that. But you know what I'm saying? It's like I, I, I do. Like I've seen that. Yeah, I think I'll probably give it a shot. Um, my excitement for a Daisy Jones adaptation has decreased with distance from having read Daisy Jones, and mm. I think some of that is. Or like a byproduct of how freaking good the audiobook is. Like it's kind of hard for me to imagine <laughs> yeah. a better experience with that text yeah. than that audiobook. That like that setup of fictional oral history where you had just a bananas good cast mm-hmm. of narrators, each telling their version of the story. And you know, the scenes that they describe are easy to picture. You're gonna get like big splashy bands on stage and tour bus yeah. drama and it'll be sexy and like I, I totally understand the desire to put this on screen and I think it will probably be fun to watch but like will it be as good as listening to Jennifer Beals for like 12 hours <laughs> probably not <sighs> probably not that's just a, I, I it's a high it. bar I'm definitely yeah interested. I'm gonna give just, it a go you know, mm-hmm. not saying it's not in the top 10 is is no shade necessarily sure but, there's a jillion of these yeah to choose yeah. from this but year, I but... haven't seen the color purple musical I haven't yeah. seen lessons in chemistry like killers in the I mean mm-hmm. these are right. all it's competing yeah. against really really different stuff and I think kind if they the had same... oh god I like if if the Daisy Jones adaptation had dropped like a year after the book came out mm-hmm. when it was still like fresh and exciting I feel like I would have been ready to pounce on it then because that like the memory of that experience was still potent but now it's kind of like okay that'll be fun I'll watch it um but I'm much less I'm not champing at the bit for it right I guess it's probably the way to put it the next one it's this is a weird thing to say if I only could watch one movie in the theater next year this would probably be it but it's not okay my most, it doesn't make my most anticipated <laughs> one, only because I've already seen Dune part one. Oh, okay yeah 
you know, like, okay, I, I kind of know what I'm in for. I'm, I want to see it, but like yes. these other things, I don't know exactly what the experience is. But I have a fairly, I've read the book. I saw part one. Yes. You know, continuing okay. the story yeah. there. I'm, I'm happy for you. Bob will be enjoying that. I experienced Dune part one via our former colleague, Amanda Nelson, coming over to watch it before she did right. the Adaptation Nation recording with you. And I was working that, like that afternoon, so I could hear Amanda and Bob like, <laughs> in my living room screaming at stuff at the TV as as this Dune adaptation was taking shape before their eyes. And I'm kind of hoping to repeat that when part yeah. two comes out. Yeah. Dune, Dune, I'm so happy for you. The Rebecca Chesky yeah. story. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it sounds see, like a lot of fun. The li- moving on down the line. I didn't read the book. I Maybe because of that, I'm more interested in that I would be. I don't know. I didn't feel like it made much of a wave, but the... The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the prequel uh, to the Hunger Games, is coming out this care. fall. It's going to be a. I'm looking at the most anticipated trailers um, on IMDb. It's like it's way up there, way higher than I would have thought. Interesting. Huh. Again, take that with all the grains of salt because the internet can be a terrible and misleading place. <laughs> um, but an it's there. It's, I mean, that, it's on the list of most. Anti- so, like, I looked at a bunch of lists. Okay. And a lot of them are most anticipated, meaning what are the biggest budget like IP stuff? And I'm not as interested, so I, I thought I would mention it here. Um, there's going to be an adaptation of Naomi Alderman's The Power coming oh, out this okay. year. I'm not sure what platform that was, but that had a that had a little bit of a moment a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Long awaited adaptation of Anthony Doerr's All the Light We Cannot See is coming out okay. this year. I don't know who the middle brow audience for this movie is in this the year of our lord 2023 i, I just don't know that that's gonna happen yeah that luck. feels too late to me for th- yeah. that book yeah. right um let's see uh american board chinese um mm. a- an adaptation of jane lang's graphic mm-hmm. novel uh i really like him should be yeah. interesting indie pick looking forward to that um, Eileen finally is getting an adaptation the, based on the book by Miriam Toes from a long time ago, Spiky Lady. Mm-hmm. There's an ad- okay. I think we still need more of those stories, and there can be an audience for this. Um, I guess my Spiky Lady pick, not that there can't be more. I'm going with Night <laughs> Bitch, a, that's the name. Right. <laughs> Night Bitch, a.k.a. Spiky Lady. Um, yeah, and um, in one of the great, like, duh casting moves of all time the fanning sisters will be playing the sisters in an adaptation of kirsten hannah's the nightingale which <laughs> if you know anything Smart. about that book you're like that's great um uh-huh i'll okay. be curious to see uh what's going on there and then the last thing on my also rands list is the weirdest one i think i have on <laughs> here and i just want to make sure i get this right the book the the movie is called poor things hmm. starring emma stone and margaret Qualley. <laughs> Um, And it's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who you may or may not know the name, but for those of you who know, you know, directed The Favorite that came out a few years ago with the Olivia Colman, Emma Stone period piece. Uh, I don't even, I don't have the language, but it's like a a spiky version of a courtroom or excuse me, a court drama where there's the queen's consort she's a found mm. emma stone's a foundling and they have an unusual it, it's it's dark and um sharp huh. and body uh and really interesting and so this book is based on a 1981 
Scottish novel. And I'm just going to read you the synopsis here real okay. quick, Rebecca, because I can't do any better myself. <laughs> all right. The this one's all new Victoria- to me. So spiky Victorian or, or you know, period English piece. He's back. Yorgos is back. He's got Emma Stone back with him uh, to do this. The film will be a big Victorian tale of love, discovery, and scientific daring, telling the story, the incredible story of Belle Baxter, a young woman brought to, back to life by an eccentric but brilliant scientist. Okay, it says huh. that. So it's sort of a Frankensteinian thing. Okay. The thing it doesn't say is that she has a brain transplant, transplant with a baby. Okay. <laughs> I read this novel. The novel is actually not called Poor Things. It's based on what is the actual novel called? I want to shout out. Brain transplant here. with a baby. I don't think it's called. Um, so that, that's a uh, that's okay. Uh, I mean, that's a sure. thing that's going to exist in yeah. the world. It's like it's kind of doing. The... It's kind of kind of doing what for Frankenstein, what the favorite did for like. Okay. You know that kind of Victorian era. Yeah, that's. Court An drama. interesting niche to occupy. I love Emma Stone, but I like just personally could not care less about Victorian anythings. Like, yeah. and I'm sure The Great is wonderful, but I'm never going to watch it. So, yeah. I guess go with God. <laughs> right. Uh, so, actually, the book is called Poor Things, but it has a long subtitle: uh, Episodes from the Early Life of a Scottish Public Health Officer. I can <laughs> see why they cut it down. <laughs> Yeah, doesn't really tell you what's in the tin there, does it? <laughs> yeah. So I may have given okay. away. I don't know how much of that is supposed to be a surprise, but that's if I didn't know the book and what that is, um, I wouldn't have had it there. It, it also got me to think about Alistair, Alice Dare. It's a D, not a T, though I keep mm. saying it like it's a T, whose debut, I guess you'd call it a novel, um, book called Lankert, Lenark, scars, excuse me, I'm getting mm. confused. Lenark came out in 1981. He wrote it for like 30 years and is, is one of the like cult, I don't know if should be called a cult, but like uh, it's the stoner by John Williams of Scotland, if you're interested. Like it's kind of okay. a literary connoisseur's like a best kept secret sort yeah, of situation. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. It's, it's Interesting. really good. It's a novel in four parts. Um, and the parts are ordered three, two, one, four, uh, and the epilogue comes first. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> I will be watching with great interest as the reviews of poor things come out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be wild. Um, you know, I like a weird one. I don't mind. As sure. long as it's not bloody or gory, I'll take something yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then the last one I have on my list, this is not a book that I know, Um it's based on uh, a graphic novel written by Alexis Noland. It's called The Killer, but mm. I'm really here for director stars. Um, it's David Fincher's new movie. Fascinating. Um, an assassin begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscious, even as his clients continue to demand his skills, starring Michael Fassbender and <gasps> Tilda Swinton. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be cool. <laughs> Sign me up for that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, one I learned about last week via a commercial on Apple TV that that I had no mm-hmm. idea was based on a book until I started Googling and then we decided to do this show and I was like, oh, I wonder if it'll make Jeff's list. The show is called White House Plumbers. Yeah. Starring... No, I, I, well, I was just about to say there's some nonfiction. Okay. Like Oppenheimer's based on the, yes, not, yeah. the Oppenheimer book. This mm-hmm, is based on a Killian book about Murphy. the White House yeah. Plumbers. I kind of kept, I think of those as historical, but are they... I mean, they're using adaptation to source material, but I feel like, I don't know. There's just something about yeah, it's, nonfiction that feels weird to do. Cause it yeah, that's be, interesting. But Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> well, I think that's one that's a story that wouldn't be known without the Green yeah, Book necessarily. Where right. people are like, oh, yeah, we've heard of the atomic bomb. Yeah, we've heard I of think the, the Watergate break-in. That, like, what put me over for... Right. I've seen I've seen the post. I know about Watergate, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, but what put me over for caring about White House plumbers is Woody Harrelson, Justin oh. Theroux and Donald Gleason together. Like, I don't care what the movie is about. And uh, the book nope, that's based on either. is called Integrity by Eugil uh, Croce, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't heard of that. I'm not going to read it. It doesn't matter to me what happens in this show. I will spend eight to 12 hours of my life watching Woody Harrelson, Justin Theroux and Donald Gleason together. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. If, if if I were just making my most anticipated movies, I'd give a hard look at. I mean, Oppenheimer would be way up there. And I think mm. is the White House Plumber going to be a TV show or a movie? Do you have to remember? Oh, I think it's a TV show, but I'm TV not positive. Show. Yeah, TV but show. it could be. Yeah, Apple does yeah. movies, but I, it has that has the flavor of a TV show. Like, please give me eight hours with Woody Harrelson, please. And I'm sure some of this stuff will be moved to 2024. I'm sure there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that's going to come yeah. out this year that. I either missed or wasn't announced or I didn't know his adaptation. So if there's anything that, you know, you're like, Jeff, you, you need to get hip to whatever. Um, let me know because I'm certainly interested in that. And especially the Netflix stuff. I feel like Apple, there's not as much Apple TV, for example. So and their, their PR seems to be really hitting what they have coming out. Mm-hmm. Netflix does so much that I, I'm yeah. sure there's a bunch of stuff that I'm missing. Um but this is enough to keep me busy for oh yeah for quite some time. So I don't know. Maybe Good stuff. This is, maybe this is the um, the last martini after the bell has struck midnight on peak content. <laughs> but while we've got a cold glass in our hand, Rebecca, let's yeah, go. I'm enjoying it. I think while we're making our way through some of these, we can incorporate some like little quick hits in about these yeah. like, shows into when we're doing front list foyer. Perhaps uh, if yeah. stuff doesn't qualify for its own whole episode of book nerd movie right. hour but lots of good possibilities here yeah so all right well there's our bonus episode i hope you all enjoyed it if there's something that you really if there's something especially if we might we're, we're looking for patreon episodes too and th- one of these mm-hmm. would be like let's do the first two episodes or, or let's talk about one of those if there's any of those you would like to hear us discuss especially yeah, let us know um let us know podcast at bookriot.com i'll put the list of all the movies that i mentioned here in the show notes as well. You can find that at bookriot.com. Rebecca, thanks so much for indulging me talking about things I may or may not see in 2023. 
It's aspirational.